good morning, uh, everybody. It's uh, such an honor to uh, stand here. I've been in the audience for years uh, during this uh, conference, and it's feeling like an augmented reality that I'm standing here right now. It's feeling like I'm projecting myself on into the, onto this uh, stage. Um, thank you for the introduction, uh, Johan. I'm Jacke Ouwekerk. This is an augmented version for, of me in uh, uh, 1.0 version. I think in the future I will be something like Matthew Starr or something in this, uh, in this screen. Uh, but I am uh, in, I'm doing interactive concepts at Inten. And uh, the last year I have worked very hard on this application for the Netherlands Architecture Institute. It is called Urban Augmented Reality. And what it does, it lets you experience uh, and see uh, architecture from the past or the future of how it could have been. And we do that with 3D models. And that is unique. That has been introduced in uh, the world uh, last December. Um, UR, as, uh, as we call it, uh, is a part of what we call augmented museum experiences at Enten. And I want to show you today um, that augmented reality is just a part of this augmented museum experience. Um, first of all, I want to create some kind of context by a definition. Then I will show you my own long nose, how uh, Bill called it, because uh, I'm working with kinds of augmented reality for years in a uh, different context, but I would like to show you uh, that. And um, then I will share some uh, experiences with you about the making of UR. That's been a crazy ride, I can tell you, so uh, I'm really like to tell you about that today. And afterwards, I will take a look in the future, the very near future. What are we going to do with UR in a couple of months? Uh, there will be a lot of developments around that. And then I will uh, take you, uh, uh, I will show you a kind of showcase uh, of how augmented reality can be part of an augmented museum experience. So, what is augmented reality? There are a lot of definitions around. Uh, I like this the most. Uh, it's very simple. Um, it's about displaying real uh, digital information on top of reality. But still, if I tell this to my grandmother, she doesn't understand me. So, I said, grandmother, what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a time machine. A machine on your phone, uh, which uh, gives you the ability to look in the past, or, or how it could be, uh, or, in, or into the future. And she said, wow, that is kind of cool. And uh, that is uh, you are. Um, we see beyond reality, seeing what's not there. And uh, that seeing beyond not, what's not there has always been a great inspiration for me. Uh, in ten, uh, it's located in Rotterdam, and Rotterdam is a kind of a strange city. It is beautiful, it is open, there you have beautiful world-famous architecture over there, um, but a lot of things are hidden in Rotterdam. Uh, you have to know the city, the people who live there, to know the best places uh, which are interesting. Uh, that's also for the activities taking place, like companies and parties and, and so on. But that is exactly what, what I like about Rotterdam because I like to explore space. In my free time, I'm kind of an urban explorer, so I like the sense of space to find all kinds of physical spaces in real time, and with, of course, also in virtual space. <clears throat> this virtual space, like parallel worlds of game worlds, reactive environments, I've been exploring for 10 years now, and what I find most interesting about it 
uh, is to combine those two worlds. So you get what I call real virtuality. About 10 years ago, an example of that, um, I was asked to come up with a concept for a cultural festival in Rotterdam. It's a very big festival. It's called the Witte de Wit. Maybe you know it. Uh, all kinds of um, museum institutions and galleries are taking part in that uh, festival. And uh, our goal was uh, to achieve a very personal and intimate experience for the visitors into the festival. So what we did, this is in about 1998, uh, I think, and <clears throat> we called the festival 2000 Beats. And at that time, in Rotterdam, there was everywhere bro broadband. Uh, it was new and exclusive. Internet was breaking through. And we thought, okay, this cool new technology, what we're going to do about it in real life. So what we did, every visitor entering the uh, festival area, uh, we asked their name, uh, some kind of personal information, put it in the database. What we were basically doing was a kind of a Facebook profile. And um, attached that to a barcode, to a wristband. Um, by doing this, we were able uh, to track and trace people within the, the festival area and uh, take them to a so-called hidden program. And in this hidden program, um, they experience all kinds of small performance, uh, electronic acts, music performances, uh, in basements, uh, in churches, in living rooms, and so on. And what I've learned uh, over there was that working with space gives you the ability to blend reality and fiction. This is a very strong experience for people. Uh, because when, when we start working for the library in Rotterdam, we, we have a big digital archive. Uh, I thought, this is a place. Every time I design or I'm concepting, I'm thinking about places and how people discover these places. And what I've learned, every time a place is hidden or mysterious, it works. So what we did, we created a, a kind of mysterious network beyond the city of Rotterdam. Um, and you can explore that uh, online with all kinds of virtual spaces uh, like this. So here I'm uh, already experimenting with uh, 3D uh, environments. Discovery, I think, is uh, yeah, something uh, to make your concept uh, successful. Uh, we were asked by the uh, city marketing department of the city of Rotterdam, and they said to us, how can we make people discover Rotterdam? And we said, now, uh, what you have to do is make them get lost. So uh, send them in all their directions, so they find places that they don't expect. And that is a kind of serendipity you hear a lot at this moment, it's a kind of buzzword. But this is a kind of serendipity at avant la lettre. <laughs> and um, uh, what we did in this application, we put all kinds of clues, uh, like go into the subway, uh, uh, stay seated for two stops, go out, follow the red shoes, and, and so on. And so people were coming at uh, Rotterdam South, this is an area where most tourists don't come, and experience all kinds of places which tell stories. And places which tell stories uh, I like very much, and that's exactly the reason I like to work for Musea. Because uh, Musea are warehouses of stories, they're full of stories. Every artwork, every object is a story in itself. Um, especially uh, this museum uh, I work for. It is the Dutch uh, Museum of Literature. It is, of course, full of stories. Um, and what we have did, this museum was closed down for a couple of months. Uh, we created a kind of road trip. So the director of the museum 
uh, went out uh, to visit all the uh, burial places of the most famous writers in the Netherlands. And every, every, everywhere he came, he put a rose on the graves. And what we did uh, uh, was that you can follow him online uh, via all kinds of social media, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Flickr, the works. And um, that is a kind of example of what we call the Open Museum. And the Open Museum is about extending and augmenting um, the museum experience. And of course, that is exactly what we did for the Netherlands Architecture Institute. This is uh, Ferry Picard. Uh, this is the curator of UR. Um, he called us about, I think, start of 2009. And he said, well, I've got a problem. Or better, I got an opportunity. Um, uh, what's happening, uh, what's going to happen is that the NIE will be, will be closed for about a year uh, due to construction activities. But I have a beautiful collection, the biggest archive of the uh, architecture archive of the world. It is, uh, I've been there, it is beautiful. And it is full of all kinds of models like this, of buildings that never have been built, uh, or photographs of uh, architecture of the past, and he said, wouldn't it be great to bring this collection at the place where architecture is experienced best, uh, at act, uh, architecture itself? And can we do that by the way there is a guide with you, something who is telling about the process of sketching till realization of buildings? And, uh, well, uh, and, uh, and what he also said, what was the most interesting, I think, about very is now a very good friend of mine. Uh, he said, uh, I would like that you could see what will be built in the future or that have been here in Rotterdam. There's so much been demolished by the World War II. So uh, we started thinking about a concept to create it. And that became UR. And this is a movie. Uh, unfortunately, this is a movie in, the, uh, in Dutch, which shows how augmented reality works at the NIM. this uh, quote uh, a lot. Uh, um, uh, how did we make uh, UR? Uh, as said, it has been a very interesting year with a uh, whole peaks and downs. Uh, how do you say that in English? Sorry for my English. Um, but I, I, I want to show you some four, four things, four important things I think um, are interesting for you. Uh, the concept uh, development of uh, UR. 
uh, we had a lot of decisions to make. Had it to be in the, only in the layer browser, or had it to be a native app or a web app? How we're going to do this, that? And of course, the 3D modeling. This is kind sort of a challenge to create it for mobile phones, which is new. And uh, the testing of the application. First, uh, the concept. Uh, as you know, uh, augmented reality is for the first time really um, massive available for everybody to experiment with, with webcams and kinds of stuff. Uh, it is bound around here for 20 years. Uh, uh, it's uh, difficult heads up the displays, and you see all kinds of gimmick-like experiments around on the internet uh, using QR codes to create 3D. Uh, the NIE said, we like this idea very, very much, but we think it is really important to be out there, uh, that you can see it on smartphones. And at that moment, there was, of course, Wikitoots, the first augmented reality travel guide, uh, which uh, shows you all kinds of wiki content with GPS information. Uh, across there, in London, we find this uh, a very interesting uh, company at, at, at that time. And um, what we did was combining all those stuff together to create a sort of first draft. I always do that. I go at home at night. And I take one, uh, one paper write it out what is going to be without any technical uh, restrictions. And uh, in this text, I was speaking about 3D, very important, audio tours. And it has to be more than only augmented reality. Um, with this idea, we were looking around which partners could help us to create this uh, augmented reality. And of course, uh, exactly at the same time, uh, Layer was there with their first augmented reality browser, which helps you to see what's happening around. And uh, what Layer does is displaying dis digital uh, information on top of reality by a camera, a smartphone camera. And uh, they uh, developed a browser for that. In, in that browser, there are all kinds of layers. At this time, there are about thousands of them, and they're coming to be uh, added the next two months, 2,000 extra layers. Uh, but what was interesting, we called them, they came over, and in a brainstorm, they said, we're going to launch something really special, and it's 3D on a smartphone. And uh, yeah, that was a crucial moment where everybody uh, was uh, really uh, enthusiastic about. And we decided to create a kind of a partnership, so Layer, the NIE, and uh, Intent. Um, second, we were thinking, what had to be in this uh, application? So we did that in an old-school way by creating sitemaps, all kinds of features in it. Uh, but secondly, um, we really uh, s uh, started to create a prototype. Uh, uh, we created this prototype because we needed money. We wanted to fund this uh, idea. And what we did was we mock-ups a very realistic application prototype. And what I still like about it is that all the functionality in it uh, we are going to build. And uh, it shows the power of augmented reality. Uh, 3D, uh, the swiping, the, the, the flipping, the whole uh, iPhone experience uh, is in this uh, mock-up. Uh, because uh, that was, of course, very important. Uh, when we uh, heard that we were funded, the second time we were all very happy, and um, uh, now we have uh, uh, had put on some goals uh, on paper, uh, five goals we always do before we get lost in the technical restrictions. What uh, do we want this application to do? And uh, there were four things we thought were really important. First of all, the user experience, of course. Uh, secondly, there must be a very rich content in it. 
it must be a standalone app. That's, we thought that was important. Uh, some a native app you can download in the market when the, uh, the iPhone uh, store. And uh, it has to be uh, more than just only augmented reality. Uh, the technique of layer is beautiful. It works very well. Uh, there are only some small disadvantages. Uh, 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 in the first time they released, they have fixed that right now, but uh, I said we want it to be more than only augmented reality. And uh, how layer works, it is only visible on the spot itself. So you're standing in the center of the city and you see only the spots uh, around you shown in the browser. And we wanted also that people at home or abroad or in the train has the possibility to browse the, the, the application to get information about architecture. Um, we thought it was important to be cross-platform. So how can we develop an app uh, cost-efficiently cost um, that uh, you have to only develop it once? Um, and this is some kinds of sketching I always do. It is horrible, I know, for uh, you uh, UXers. Uh, this in Visio, uh, all the decisions made for this application uh, are on this page. This is a kind of uh, uh, where I've put everything uh, together. And um, what we have tried to create a cross-platform experience uh, was that at that moment there was a lot of experimenting uh, with mobile web pages that act like apps. Um, all kinds of transitions, swiping, flipping, uh, that kinds of things were possible by, uh, for example, jQuery Touch. This uh, helps you, uh, it's a plugin for jQuery, uh, to create that iPhone experience also on Androids and within uh, the browsers on iPhones. Uh, the people behind jQuery Touch are now Sensa Touch. And this, check it out, it is very interesting uh, because it's... Uh, uh, let you build apps for iPhone and for the uh, for the iPad and all kinds of manners. And uh, now this is prototyping the the application in Visio, interaction design, functional design. And this is uh, the application uh, how it is right now. And uh, what you see in the middle is that uh, we have a native app, not only this uh, layer in the browser, layer in the layer browser, but a native app with a guide, uh, a map and all kinds of routes uh, that are extending the application. And on the right side, you see the different uh, switches between times you can make. And that is not possible in uh, layer right now. Um, but of course, uh, the 3D modeling is um, the most interesting part of the application. And it looks as simple to put 3D on a smartphone. But of course, you have a very small screen. And uh, because we are real-time downloading these models, the Byte size have to be very small. And um, uh, we started working with a company in Den Haag. It is called uh, DPI. And they are ex uh, uh, specialized in 3D modeling. And they found a workaround to create uh, 3D for uh, smartphones, which uh, works beautiful, I think. It is they uh, create models by a map, uh, outlines, sketchings of, an, of a painting and photographs, and they create, first of all, a very basic outline with very, very less uh, details uh, in it uh, to keep the triangles low, the polygon uh, count of models. And uh, the, all the details are into the texture, but also the textures have to be very small in bite size. Uh, this are uh, uh, 
what they did, they took details from high-resolution uh, uh, models, uh, you see on the left side, um, and they duplicated across the surface of the, of the building. So what you see here, that is very detailed, and uh, they make a kind of a little hack into the, the layer system to duplicate those uh, things uh, across the building. And uh, the second thing you have to do is that you uh, position the, the, the models into uh, the CMS we have built uh, for UR, and that's going by, uh, by maps. Uh, you have to put in geolocation, the scale and the rotation and the size of models, and that requires a lot of testing. Uh, this has been a period when I've become five years older, uh, I think, uh, because here you see all kinds of trouble faces in the center of Rotterdam testing UR. It was the first time we put so much buildings uh, in a 3D layer uh, that have to be positioned very exactly. Uh, the, the best experience is to do that building at the, at, at the right spot. But we had to suffer from a lot of GPS occurrences into the application because of the, uh, the receiving of the GPS in the iPhone, for example. Uh, that is going better with the gyroscope they added in the iPhone 4. Um, but at that time, we uh, had to find all kinds of uh, creative solutions to put the models at the right spot. Now, we succeeded in that. Uh, we had still sometimes a little bit accuracy, but that will become better in the future, I think. And you see some, uh, some examples of buildings uh, in the center uh, that have, this, the, here on the right side is the new central station uh, in Rotterdam, a huge uh, building, and you, yeah, you can see that by UR. Uh, the future of UR, of course, we are now available for Rotterdam. Uh, next month it will be available in Amsterdam. We go to Utrecht, Den Haag, and our goal is to, uh, to put whole, the whole Netherlands in 3D uh, in the application. Uh, but we're also working on uh, user-generated co content. So can people uh, from the Netherlands put their favorite building or their own house in a special layer in UR? So it will be uh, 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 more engaging, socially engaging. Uh, and of course, we are investigating how to put augmented into the exposition with you are. At this time, I think it is very poor what, uh, what you see because of um, uh, there's no GPS uh, into buildings. There are all kinds of solutions for that right now. Uh, there's a company from the States called Meridian uh, who creates all, uh, all kinds of routes uh, inside apps. Uh, but most interesting uh, right now, I think, and, uh, is the 3D modeling uh, is by scanning uh, in, in Musea. Uh, but it's very uh, costs a lot of money. And in this example, uh, you see, see something that has been released about four weeks ago. It is in beta. And I like this very much. Uh, because uh, what you see here uh, is that uh, it's image search, image recognition. Uh, you know all Googles, of course. But this works very instantly. And when, works, uh, when something works instantly, uh, it will become a success, a I think. Piece, uh, what you see here is inside the building, uh, the application is recognizing shapes of uh, pictures or objects. And you can add all kinds of comments uh, to it. But uh, what I uh, really like about this example is that, you can our, imagine, that curators or people in the musea can add very easy 3D modeling to, an, uh, to a database. Uh, what you see here, they are scanning with an iPhone a picture for all kinds of angles, and it will be rendered uh, in 3D and sent instantly to the server um, of the museum.
uh, and people can the next time someone clicks on one of those see this uh, kinds of 3D objects in the app to recognize what they are seeing. I like this very, very much. Uh, of course, uh, everybody's talking about storytelling. That is important. Yes, of course, it is important. Uh, we are working for Musea. Everything is about stories in Musea for about 100 or 100, 200 years. Uh, but okay, it is important, so we're going to add uh, audio tours uh, inside the augmented reality application. And uh, uh, we have looked to all kinds of famous examples like Soundwalk, uh, but also scavenger. scavenger. Some say this year is the year of the scavenger, uh, the hunting uh, in cities. Uh, for information, scavenger is popular in the States right now. It's a nice application. Uh, try it out. Uh, layer is adding all kinds of hunting, uh, which I think is also interesting what, because what they are doing uh, is that um, uh, they add uh, alternate rea reality gaming with, uh, uh, with uh, augmented reality. Sorry. Um, now Bill talked about all kinds of guestable interfaces. You have seen uh, the sixth sense uh, on the internet, I think. Uh, project, projecting uh, uh, images you can uh, with casual interface techniques uh, alter or navigate and some say that this will be come back I don't think so uh, data everywhere uh, but an, uh, an, a development I think is very interesting is the open data development uh, we all have seen uh, Bill was talking about the data will be everywhere uh, in cities available, IBM is experimenting with this a lot, also in Rotterdam. Uh, in New York City, there is a lot of open data, also in London, to build your own apps uh, with that. Very interesting, very complete. And of course, there will be kind of hybrid spaces uh, where uh, augmented reality can take a place. And a hybrid space is a place where all kinds of disciplines work together to create a digital and analog uh, world, which I think is the same as in real virtuality. Uh, so much uh, new techniques, how to keep it relevant. Uh, Johan, uh, can I have five minutes to show an example of how I think? Okay. Uh, this is uh, an idea. Um, we're pitching right now in Rotterdam with an, uh, all kinds of musea and cultural institutions. It's called the Hybrid Museum. And what we try to do is to create an augmented reality uh, of an augmented museum experience. And it works like this. Uh, it is a day in the city of Rotterdam, and the musea have one door, and that's the door of the subway. The M stands above it, it's called M stands for musea. And uh, what is happening that day, it is kind of a day you experience more than you expected. And it is kind of similar of the, the, the project I showed before in the Witte de Wit festival, uh, because you, you buy a ticket, you go into the subway uh, network, you send an SMS, and by that, there the, uh, the experience starts because you have an RFID ticket, a special RFID ticket, uh, which you can check in and experience all kinds of uh, projections into the, the subway network. And uh, when you go to a, a museum that is into your route, um, there are special tours, guided tours in the archive. We have found curators who like this idea. And uh, what we are going to do is that we use very uh, cheap RFID scanners into Musea to scan collection items, and you will get all kinds of analog uh, uh, maps to find places uh, 
in the uh, subway network and use augmented reality also to find these places. Uh, these are called dist distributed uh, museums, all kinds of places where little expositions are taking place on hidden places like uh, this subway station behind this wall. There is an, uh, a, 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 how do you call it, a bunker uh, for the Cold War. And uh, sometimes it's, it's ex uh, accessible to create small events. Um, but what we do is trying to open up minds uh, to see more than you uh, uh, will see in the normal life. And of course, we are collecting all this in sketch. Uh, uh, we're collecting all kinds of information online uh, to show uh, what you have done, but also to, uh, to invite all kinds of people to experience this whole day once again. And this kind of immersive experiences we hope to create and give uh, augmented reality a human place in the museum experience. Thank you. So, oh, I already see one. <laughs> one second. Thanks. I have two questions, actually. One is, uh, you've showed a, a couple of new uh, features that you're going to introduce. Uh, is one of them also going to be video? And the other thing is, you said crowdsourcing. Is that going to mean that we're going to add to the existing content, or are we going to get our own layer capable of doing whatever with the techniques yeah, that you yeah. provide? Uh, the f to answer the first question first, uh, yes, we're going to add uh, video, um, because we are going to collabor collaborate uh, with all, uh, all kinds of museums who have very rich content at the moment, uh, roots with video, which we're going to add to the application. And uh, user-generated uh, content will be added to, an, uh, uh, to, an, to a layer itself into the application. So we keep the museum content uh, away from the user-generated content uh, right now, but you can also, we are also looking that you can react on museum content of the NIE, for example. Any other questions? Oh. Okay. Hello. Does your uh, app also uh, involve time? Because buildings are yeah, physically buildings in your layers. Yeah. But they change during the daytime, yeah. at night. Yeah. Uh, nice. Um, a layer uh, is uh, adding. Uh, new 3D, uh, 3D techniques within the uh, uh, within the 3D. So it is possible to make doors go open, and, uh, but, and also to add little animation to the buildings, like uh, the changing in time, for example. Uh, yeah, that's in a texture way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But that are new developments that will be added in the near future. I don't know exactly how that's going to be. But uh, we're also looking from how can you look inside buildings? You know, only see the outside. But how are you going to site? Uh, how are you going inside the building and see the surroundings around you? Is that? Uh... Okay. Thank you. Any more? Uh... Oh, yep, just back there. Hi. Um, always good to see Rotterdam. <laughs> Um, but apart from that, you're talking about how you go inside the building. Should I imagine, okay, I walk forward, for example, to the marked hall, yeah. 
yeah. they're building, I walk forward and the, or do I zoom in or? Yeah. No, that's, that's already uh, possible. So if you go to the market hall in Rotterdam on the black, uh, you can walk through the building and look uh, uh, above it, you and you see. And it all uh, updates yeah. real time. Yeah, yeah. But what we don't have uh, at this moment are 3D visualizations of interiors of buildings from the past or things that uh, will be built in the future. Or things that were never realized, because yeah. there's a lot of that in Rotterdam. Yeah, and uh, there will be some uh, possibilities to use 360 photos, just like the old times, to see uh, the surroundings around you inside buildings. Okay. Cool. Um, in one of your slides, you showed uh, a small white building was, which was already inside a room with people in it. What's that meant for? Uh, yeah, it, it was a white room. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that was an, uh, uh, I showed that picture because it's showing how the, uh, the, 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 the outside world is merging with the virtual world. And you can create museum experiences uh, within the museum, but also outside the museum. I think it is most interesting to blend those two worlds. And that is an image. If you Google that, um, you get this kind of picture. <laughs> got time for another? Uh... Yep. Anyone else? All right, I'll ask a question. May, may I ask? A... Oh, sorry, Janis. First you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, as you said, serendipity is very important. And yeah. Games have the tendency to uh, to limit serendipity. I mean, they, yeah. they sort of play with, you know, yeah. guidedness, non-guidedness, and yeah. uh, stuff like that. Yeah. And I noticed that, you know, I mean, everybody who sort of looks at your slides and says, "Ah, oh, this is awful," because I don't want people to be inside their mobile phones all day. Uh, how would you sort of respond to? I mean, how how do you let that serendipitous encountering thing by not building it into sort of like yeah. add a feature of serendipity? Yeah, yeah. In, in Dutch you call it ontregelen, of, of uh, hacking, I think. It is important that uh, uh, experience has to be unpredicted uh, because unpredicted experiences are things you will remember the best and that is the best experience, I think. Anyone else? Uh, may I ask just one? I, you were talking about proce your process earlier on in the uh, in the presentation. That, did you find that the traditional process you used had to be changed? To, yeah, uh, a lot. Uh, what sort of changes did you have to make? Uh, now, of course, uh, there's uh, lots of touch into uh, this application. It's uh, completely different than uh, designing for desktops. Uh, yeah, and you have to think about how to create content that is visible on, on all kinds of devices within an app environment. There's all the uh, discussion around now the end of the internet and that sort of kind of things. Uh, but uh, I think when you uh, be creative about this kind of techniques, uh, you have the power in your own hands uh, to be open to be stand open source. Or, yeah, that. Thank you. Thank you, Thank ladies you very and much. gentlemen. Jakob <laughs> Auerkerk.